Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Christmas presents are exciting. Do you remember what you'd say is the best gift you've ever received at Christmas? I asked my kids this question, and here's what they said. My six-year-old loved her little talkie doll that could talk, blink, and not much else. Cost a whopping $110 after tax, and it lasted for a solid eight months before it found its way to the back of her closet. My nine-year-old said his favorite was the popular fantasy book series, six books in all, each getting progressively longer. The set cost $58 and lasted eight weeks before it lived its final dust-filled existence on a shelf. Now my tween loved the Brainy Putty Collection that cost $32 and lasted a measly eight days before it went to live in our carpet. Finally, my teenage son wanted the ultimate drone with a 4K camera. It cost the most and lasted the shortest amount of time. I'd like to say it lasted eight minutes, but no, it was eight seconds, which is only impressive in bull riding. As exciting as those gifts are, what if there was a gift at Christmas that was far better? In fact, so much better that it makes these look like, well, toys. What if this gift was worth so much that no one could buy it for you, nor could you afford it? What if it was something of extreme value, like, say, life itself? And what if this gift was given through the birth of a baby who became our paid-in full? That's the gift offered to all. It costs us nothing, him everything. It lasts just a bit longer than eight seconds, eight days, eight weeks, or even eight months. It lasts forever. Well, if nobody's told you yet, welcome to Christmas. I got to tell you, I love me some Christmas. I love Christmas, the traditions, making new memories. I don't care if you decorated before Thanksgiving. I don't care if you still haven't decorated yet. I don't get into that big debate. I I love Christmas. I watched Elf last night with my kids, so for me, Christmas has begun. It has arrived, and I love love so many things about it. I love what we're doing here today. Worshiping at Christmas is beautiful. It's so meaningful. Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited, and I'm glad that you're here with us this Christmas season. But one of the other things I love that's the best about Christmas is giving gifts. Now, I'm not going to lie. I like receiving some gifts. That's cool too. But but I love giving gifts. I'm not even sure that I'm good at it. No one's ever told me, like, you're a good gift giver. But I love giving gifts. I really do. I love it. Well, most of the time, because I was remembering a few years ago, it was probably six, seven years ago, uh, my, my friends had, had helped me because I needed a lot of help. We had built a tree house in our backyard for our kids, and that was kind of a cool thing. But at the time we built it, I couldn't afford the slide for the tree house. So for Christmas, I thought I'll surprise them, and I'll give them a slide. But 
I wanted to surprise them, right? So I wanted them to wake up on Christmas Day and to see the slide. So we had this whole plan. I had purchased the slide. I would hid it in the basement. I had researched what I need to do to install a slide. Some of you wouldn't need to research that, but I did. Um, so, so I remember, get everybody. We came to church, got home, had some food, all that stuff. Getting uh, the kids into bed on Christmas Eve, which is no small feat, mind you. Uh, and then we, we kind of say our goodbyes, I guess, because I had to go outside. It, it, Lauren was very comfortable inside doing her thing in there. And so I start working and start working. And I remember about one o'clock in the morning as I looked up to our bedroom window and I see Lauren there waving at me as she turns out the light to go to bed. I had the thought, this was a really dumb idea. Um, so most of the time I love giving gifts, uh, except for that once, except for that once. Uh, giving gifts is the best, though, and, and I want to invite you over this Advent season to embrace your inner child. Right now, I'm giving you permission. In fact, help me for just a second. In 10 seconds, I want you to think right now in your brain the best gift you ever received as a child, okay? Don't say a baby brother. That's not true. Nobody believes that, okay? I mean, a real, the gift that you opened on Christmas as a child, and it stands out to you today. You can remember it. It was great. It's okay. This may not seem spiritual, but it will be. Okay, I want you, do you have that in your mind? I really want you to think of it. All right, on the count of three, you're going to turn to your neighbor. You're going to say out loud whatever it is, all right? We're all saying it at once. If you don't have anybody sitting next to you, yell it at me. I'll yell mine at you. Okay, ready? Everybody's got it? Some of you are like, I got to switch my gift. This is embarrassing. I can't say that out loud. What's my backup gift? All right, ready? One, two, three. Super Nintendo. I had to say mine into a microphone. Some of you didn't say much. You just kind of coughed. <laughs> Is your childhood that long ago? Anyway, we won't get into that. Okay. Come on, I want you to embrace not just uh, I love giving. We're going to give this Christmas season. I just talked about that. We believe in that. I want you to embrace. I want you to go back and remember what it was to receive that gift. Because the truth is, the truth is, we are celebrating this Christmas season, the Christmas gifts. And let me tell you, we're, we're not really going to celebrate your Atari or your Lightbrite or your Cabbage Patch Kid or your Tickle Me Elmo or your Nintendo or your AirPods or whatever it was, whatever thing you just said or whatever it is that symbolizes the best gift you've ever received. That's not really what we're celebrating, although it is fun to reflect on that, isn't it? We're celebrating the best gifts available through Jesus. The best gifts that Amazon can't bring, you can't buy in a store. In fact, they cost you nothing. You can't buy these gifts. But this Christmas, I don't want you to miss the best, the best gifts. Here's what it says in Matthew's gospel. If you have your copy of scripture, turn there with me. Let's not just celebrate Christmas. Let's spend time in the word, reading, acknowledging, remembering Christmas, okay? So Matthew's gospel, and oh, I know, maybe you've heard it before, but let's go there today. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, because Matthew shares these details about the arrival of this king of kings that we just sang about in worship. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We heard these words, uh, Paul and Sherry read them for us at the beginning of our time of worship. We'll look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This is what Matthew's gospel is quoting right here. It's pointing us back to thousands of years later. This prophecy, this prophecy in Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. Matthew takes us back to when the Messiah's arrival was originally promised 3,000 years or so. And in doing so, he's emphasizing one of the greatest gifts. I brought a, a gift with me today uh, to help us kind of reflect and remember. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking about the gifts, right? So not just the gift in Jesus, but the gifts available to us. And so today I want to talk about a very specific gift that we have available to us. And we've, we've already talked about it throughout the service. And so I know it's weird that I brought a gift for myself, but once you see it, I think you'll understand. So I'm going to open this because I think this is going to help us reflect and remember uh, and understand what Matthew's gospel and what Isaiah was promising. Uh, so this is, uh, there's a few things in this box that symbolize a few things to me. Uh, I've got uh, some different notes folded up in here from different people. One of them's from my kids. One of them's from uh, people in the church who take time to encourage me. One of them's a post-it that's been sitting on my desk for a year. Um, but I put these in here because these are good reminders to me of encouragement. Um, these are kind words. These aren't the only ones. You know, m- many of you, thank you for when you share kind words and encouragement to me. I-, I love that. But I also put something else in here, and I normally would wear this on my wrist. In fact, I've worn this on my wrist every single day since this last spring when we were on our men's retreat. Uh, every year, about 100 men or so from this local church, we go down to Ocracoke, and we have a retreat together where we grow in relationship with God and one another. And as we closed out our retreat, I gave the men this bracelet, and it says these two words, never alone. Because I was reflecting on that, that struggle that we often feel like we are alone. And when I see this on my wrist and when I read things like this, yes, it reminds me of other people that love me and encourage me. But most importantly, it reminds me that God is with me. It reminds me in the most disappointing, frustrating, darkest moments of my day, of my week, of my life, I can remember things like this and like this and remember that because of God's presence, I'm not alone. So I, I brought that gift today to symbolize the gift that we're talking about in the gospel today. What is the gift? Well, the gift, Matthew is clearly pointing us to the gift of presence. Not like all the presence under your, t- no, 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 presence, the presence of Jesus. Look at what Isaiah said thousands of years before. Isaiah doesn't say his name will be Emmanuel. Say that's what he'll be called. So so get this. This is really good. His name, Jesus, what does that specify? His name kind of specifies what he does. Jesus means God saves. That's what Jesus does, right? And Emmanuel specifies who he is. He's God with us. And so Matthew's gospel, Matthew doesn't get into a lot of the details, does he? Luke does that. But Matthew wants us to understand the name Jesus. Oh, that means he saves, but also he will be called Emmanuel because that's who he is. He is the presence of God with 
us. Can you imagine what that would be like the moment when the presence of God shows up among us, here among us? Can you imagine what that would be like? They knew only darkness and despair and what seemed like hopelessness. Thus, the reason for the promise, Emmanuel is coming. As a parent, I was thinking about this. You have the opportunity And even if you're not a parent in this room, I think you can relate. Maybe you're a grandparent. You're an uncle. Uh, You you have this uh, really responsibility to help your kids navigate different circumstances and to overcome fear. Because as a parent, there actually is a healthy amount of fear that you want. There's this balance, right? You don't want your kids to be afraid. But, man, I'd really like my five-year-old to have a healthy amount of fear of walking into oncoming traffic, right? I want her to know that's, that's not safe. I want her to have a healthy fear of touching a hot stove. What are you doing, Dad? Right? There's a healthy amount of fear there that's responsible, that's necessary. But then there's this other fear, this fear that grips you. And we can say it's just with kids, but let's be honest, some of us grow up and we still deal with this. But I I think of as my my kids, fear of the dark, fear of being alone, fear of the Chick-fil-A cow. That was real for some of us in my family. Here's what I've discovered, right? I can talk to them about it all day. I can try to convince them to not be afraid. But this is what I've learned with, with my kids. The truth is, the one thing that's really worked is presence. I, again, I can rationalize all day why they don't have to be afraid of the dark. Why they don't have to be afraid. Oh, you, you aren't alone there in your big kid bed. It's okay. I'm just down the hall. It's my presence, right? Not mine, Lawrence. You you get it, though, what I'm saying. You don't have to be afraid of the dark. I'm right here. Even when it's dark, I'm I'm, I'm real close by. If you you need something, call out. I'm here. That Chick-fil-A cow may look scary, but man, he makes really good chicken, and that special Chick-fil-A sauce is heavenly. Oh, by the way, don't be afraid of Goofy Cow. I'm right here. Overly simplistic, right? But it's an acknowledgement that even helping my kids at the youngest age navigate fear, it's, it's not talking to them about it, teaching them about it, that really transforms their experience. It's the reality of presence. And you've been that for people in your life, big or small, little kids or big kids. The presence of knowing someone's with me when I'm afraid changes everything. In the Gospel of John, there's not really a Christmas story, at least, well, not one that we would typically look at like the others. But John is fascinated by this idea of presence. He's fascinated about this idea of what presence can mean. He doesn't give us, the Gospel of John doesn't give us anything about Mary or Joseph or the Magi or the wise men or the shepherds. In fact, really the only thing that John gives us about this account of Christmas that we're in the midst of celebrating is the gift of presence. Look at what it says in John chapter 1, verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus, right? That's Christmas. That's what John's talking about. Verse 10, he was in the world, 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, Husband's will, but born of God. So what does John say? He says the light came into the world. And those that receive him have the ability, have the opportunity to become children of God. That's beautiful. And now listen to what he says in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling. If I were you, I would underline John 1.14 and I would... would, I would circle that. I would make that your Christmas verse this Advent season, even though it's not talking, you know, where's Bethlehem? Where's the angels? Where? No, right there, John 1.14, this is Christmas. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's presence. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. I love how the message paraphrase puts this. Uh, Eugene Peterson writes it this way. I don't have it on the screen, but listen to these words. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Think about that. The word moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one of a kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus, the presence of God. God making his dwelling with us. The word moving into the neighborhood. The word, the word in John's gospel for, for made his dwelling among us. We know that John's gospel wasn't written in English. It was written in Greek. And so that Greek word is skeneo, right? Which means nothing to you and me, right? But it literally means to tabernacle with us. To tabernacle with us. That may not mean anything to you, but to John, to his readers, that meant everything because the tabernacle was the place, the physical place where the presence of God resided. They had to go. If they wanted to experience the presence of God, they would go to the tabernacle where the priest would help them connect, worship, experience the presence of God. And so now on the other side of Christmas, on the other side of Easter, We experience the presence of God tabernacling in us. But to John's readers, this is a big idea. That the God of the universe, that that up in heaven, way up there, he's coming to tabernacle with us. His presence. His presence with us. What a gift. Here's the problem with most gifts that you will get this year. And that you will give. Sorry, I bet you're an awesome gift giver. But the truth is, Most of the gifts you give this year will get old. They will get outdated. They will break. You might get some money or gift card and you'll spend it. You'll get some clothes and eventually they won't fit or they'll go out of style. Yes, some of you, the clothes you keep wearing do go out of style. Maybe you could talk to someone about that. Just kidding, just kidding. That was supposed to be funny. Too personal, I get it. The candle will burn and eventually burn out. The iPad will one day be old technology. The fruitcake will become, actually, I'm not sure fruitcake ever expires, does it? I don't know what that's made out of, but maybe that's the one gift that's timeless. Anyway, you get the point. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, about this gift today. This gift, the gift of God's presence with us, does not expire. It doesn't run out. 
It doesn't get phased out by the new edition. It doesn't run out of batteries. This gift, the gift of his presence with us. Wait, you say, wait, wait, wait. But we're celebrating Christmas and Jesus isn't here with us, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be preaching. I'm sure of that. He would be up there, right? Jesus isn't here. So, so that's not true because the gift of his presence clearly has expired because Jesus ain't here. Well, it's true. It's true that Jesus came. It's true that we celebrate in Christmas a historical reality, something that really did happen. It really did. That's true. But you see, you see the thing about Christmas is Jesus came, and he came not just to live his life, but to give his life for us. And so Christmas is the beginning of the story, but it's not the end because this baby, this king who came to be present with us, gave his life for us. And on Easter, we remember that on Good Friday, but we celebrate that he rose from the dead, conquering death, conquering the grave. And then before he resurrected up into heaven, because you're right, he's not still here. He's alive in heaven. Before he did that, he gave us another incredible gift. The gift of his presence, not in physical form, but of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this. He said, it's better. It's better that I go up to the Father. It's better that I leave so that my Holy Spirit can come. And so when I say to you that this gift doesn't expire, it doesn't run out, I'm not just making things up this morning. I'm acknowledging today that we don't just remember, we don't just celebrate the past tense reality of the presence of God because of what Jesus did for us and because of the gift available to us through his Holy Spirit today, it's still a present tense gift, a present tense reality, a gift that keeps on giving. That will bless you if you like to give, right? Here's the bottom line for us today. Is he was born, Jesus was born in that manger so he could be with you. So he could be with us thousands of years ago, but so that he could be with you right now. Right now. Today, today, I love, I love that I get to read and understand that Jesus came, but there's some things happening in my life right now. I need his presence now. I, I don't, I can't just read and understand and celebrate that he was present then. I need to know now that he's present with me. Because the truth is, for some of us, as I came up here bopping around, talking about Christmas is the best, the truth is, for some of us, this season is, yeah, it's a season of joy, but for you, there's a lot of sorrow in this season. There's some brokenness in this season. There's some grief in this season. And you hear everyone else talk about hope and joy, but in your heart, you feel broken. You feel hurting. You feel maybe like you're Debbie Downer. You don't want to say it out loud. You just smile. You go through the motions. You know that this should be a season of joy, but you don't have it. You don't feel it. And if you're being really honest in those emotions, sometimes you feel very alone, especially during this season. For you, you need to know today. It's not just that he came past tense. 
It's not just that he was Emmanuel, past tense. It's that he came to be with you now. No matter how lonely you feel, no matter how disrupted some circumstances in your life are now, he came to be with you today. That gift of presence, that gift is still available right now. So, if I was talking to uh, the little kid version of you, I wouldn't have to talk you into receiving a gift, would I? I'd give it to you and you'd open it and you'd start dancing around. You, you would receive it gladly. You would celebrate it, right? So today, will you receive this gift? The gift that's available to you. You, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to put it on layaway. Oh, you can't afford it. <laughs> but it was freely given for you because of this baby because of this king of kings, because of Emmanuel. And today, it can be your present tense. It doesn't matter what circumstances you're facing today. Just like me talking to my little kids, right, and trying to explain them. You don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be afraid but finally, no, 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 it's, it's the presence with them that helps them, allows them to overcome. So today, whatever it is that you're facing in your life, you don't have to overcome that on your own. In fact, you probably can't. But his presence with you... <laughs> His presence with you changes everything. As the band comes, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads this morning. Would you do that all around the room? Would you just close your eyes today? Are you experiencing the presence of Emmanuel right now? Maybe your answer today is yes. Maybe your answer today is, I don't know. Maybe your answer today is, no, I don't think, Adrian, I am. This can be. This can be a season of joy. This can be a season of hope for you. Because this gift is available to you today. The gift of his presence. It was true thousands of years ago, and it's true today. You just have to receive it. You have to receive it. So today, if that's you, and you would just acknowledge that maybe you've made it about a lot of other things, and maybe there's struggles today, or there's hardships, or there's challenges, or you're up against them. Today, if you would like to just pray along with me this prayer. Jesus, I receive today the gift of your presence with me. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to feel alone. I don't want to believe for one more second that I'm alone. And we're living in a lonely world. We're living in a world that is confusing and at times really dark and at times really hopeless. But thank you, Jesus, that you came, God, with us. And today in my life right now, you want to show up with me no matter what I'm facing. So today I receive that gift. I'm not going to try to do it alone. I'm not going to keep you at arm's distance. 
I'm not going to believe the lie that I'm not good enough. I'm not religious enough. My past is too filled with mistakes. I'm going to believe in faith today that that gift of that baby, it's not just God with us, it's God with me. And Lord, I need your help. I need your help in the midst of the circumstances I'm facing. I need your help in the midst of things I don't understand. But I believe no matter what that you're with me. And so I'm going to trust. In your name. If you prayed that prayer right now, he's with you. He's with you. His gift is available to you. And you can receive that. And today you can have hope because his presence is your reality. We're going to just spend a few more minutes reflecting and praying as uh, this song is sung. Beautiful words that remind us of the presence of God here with us. Let's listen and let's lean in as we pray this morning. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.